Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. Chris Hart and Gary Dickman. How are you, Gary? Doing pretty well. Yeah? Yeah. Good Good to see you this morning. Thank you for uh, filling in, uh, uh, carrying on without me yesterday. It's fun. It's, uh, we've got some uh, good uh, stuff coming up today. I see here breaking news when we wake up that the Washington Commanders have hired Dan Quinn as their head coach. And there weren't as many candidates left now as there were a few weeks ago. And Ben Johnson took himself out of the running over the weekend. And he might have been one of the front runners there. So maybe not a big surprise. I think he was on the horizon of getting a job somewhere. I thought Seattle might have been more likely for him with his past there. But for Washington, they go from an offensive guy. And they got defense. And we'll see how that works out. Because they've got a, they need help on both sides of the ball right now. Defensively, maybe a little better. Quarterback is their priority, I think, in the draft. In girls basketball, congratulations to the Lady Tigers of McKinley winning the uh, D2 OIA crown. And a great game yesterday. Uh, Kahuku beats Campbell for the D1 OIA championship defensive battle there 33 to 31 what a game yes yeah, seeing the score and watching that uh, following it online really good game for two good teams that'll be in the state tournament kahuku wins the oia d1 once again yes uh, yeah they've, that's like their 10th time or something like that but our ladies my ladies from campbell oh <laughs> yeah. good game good game uh, a couple of um of course uh um alia bantalia and Tehani Doktar guests um, um, the student section, which you can catch on our YouTube channel. Uh, very great, great families, great ladies. So that sets us up for the uh, Heidi and Cook HHSAA Division One Girls Basketball State Championships. The brackets came out immediately for D1. D2, they still got some games to figure out, but uh, those uh, brackets will come out on Saturday. So it's looking like this. Of course, Iolani is a number one seed, and um, number two is Konawina. Kahuku gets the third seed. And then if we can turn down the echo there, Gary, on your, yep. Uh, Kahuku gets the third seed. Lahaina Luna gets the fourth seed uh, also in the tournament. Kicking off the uh, tournament on Monday is going to be Campbell against Mililani, Waiakea against Moanalua. Kamehameha Maui against Radford, and Kamehameha Kapalama against Kailua. So uh, good luck, ladies. Uh, On the soccer side, the Motivate Foundation, HHSAA Girls Division II bracket. Uh, We're following that along. Yesterday, winners Lelehua, uh, HPA, Hawaii Prep on the Big Island, Waimea, and Kapa'a. So that sets up. Uh, some matches today, 
And uh, it's going to be Kauai against Lelehua, Hawaii Prep against Pac-5, Kamehameha Hawaii against Waimea, and Kalani against Kapa'a, dominated by neighbor island teams. I like that. I like to see the representation of the state, and uh, I don't think the neighbor island teams usually get enough hype or respect. Uh, people kind of overlook them at times, so I'm glad to see that uh, number of teams there. Hopefully it'll do some damage this week. All right, in the uh, Motivate Foundation Division One girls bracket today, Punahou will be facing Baldwin, Mililani, and Hilo, Campbell and Waiakea, and Kamehameha Kapalama against uh, their sister school, Kamehameha Maui. So good, scream, good games coming up, and it seems like for Punahou, don't they always go to the championship, it seems like, in boys and girls? Well, it seems like a lot of sports, not just soccer, but it seems like they're always up there in, in both boys and girls soccer, so we'll keep our eyes on them. All right, here we go. It's game day, uh, as you heard a few minutes ago, for the Rainbow Warriors and the Rainbow Wahine in basketball. Big games for both. For the ladies, a three-way tie for first. And uh, Irvine, I understand by looking at Billy Hull's article in today's paper, they win by a forfeit today over Cal Poly. Cal Poly doesn't have enough players. So Irvine will get the win to stay in first place. Hawaii and Santa Barbara tied for first as well. So these are critical games. And, of course, Irvine, uh, if Hawaii win tonight, that'll be a battle for first place on Saturday as they come into town. For the men, this is a really important game, as they all are right now because of their situation, but even more so because you have Fullerton tonight on the road, a team that will have their leading scorer back who didn't play over here on December 30th and Max Jones. But the next three games for Hawaii for the men are against the top three teams in the conference in Irvine, San Diego, and Davis, which makes the stretch really tough, and this game tonight really important. They really need to get a win tonight on the road against Fullerton. All right. What did you say Cal Poly had to forfeit because they didn't have enough players? Yeah, on the women's side, yes. What? How many players did they have? Not enough. <laughs> I didn't see the count. I just saw where they were. They didn't have enough. five players to suit up? I, you have to have, I think you have that seven, I believe, to play the game. You have to have more than five. It seems like that's kind of uh, uh, crazy news, doesn't it? Yeah, it happens from time to time. I mean, TCU with former Hawaii point guard Mark Campbell on the ladies' side, they did the same thing a few weeks ago. You didn't have enough players, and by rule, you forfeit. And they held open tryouts for walk-ons. And they hired, I'm not sure if it was a volleyball player, they hired from players from other sports. Not hired, but right. uh, joined, to join the team. But they had to forfeit two games, and they were ranked in the top 25. Well, this is this is college athletics. It's okay to say hired nowadays. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, right, right. But they had to forfeit two games as well. And, again, they were a top 25 team. I think they might have been undefeated at the time or just with one loss. So it is rare. It doesn't happen often. Because even if you have a few players out, like when COVID happened, it happened more often. But oh, sure. to have yeah. seven players healthy enough at the same time seems like that would be the norm. But every now and then, I guess it doesn't add up. So you have okay. That's okay. So you need seven players. That's the rule. I believe it's seven. Don't quote me on that. I believe it's seven, though. Don't they have like fifteen? They got like eight hurt. More than eight hurt players. You would, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm not again. I'm not sure what their total is, but it's got to be at least thirteen, if not fifteen. Yeah, you. That is kind of again. It's very, very rare. You but, just said it happens from time to time. Well, again, that's the same thing. From time to time, meaning every, it's like Haley's comment it doesn't happen that often. It's happened twice this year <laughs> that I know about with TCU and Cal Poly. Man, that's crazy. And, and what a what a cheap way to like if you lose you you miss on some kind of tournament bid because some other team didn't have enough players. Yeah. That's, 
That's that crazy. That is tough. All right, getting ready for the uh, Rainbow Walk. Boy, the Bows got it tough, man. I hope they can turn it around. You I, know, yeah. it's you know they beat um, uh, who did we beat Cal, last week? Cal Poly. Yeah, Cal Poly, and it's like, eh, you know, it's there's still some people saying, well, it's the worst team in the league. They haven't even won a uh, conference game yet. But you know what? If we if we go on the road and use all of this talent we have, somehow it comes together. Uh, that's going to be huge. It will be, and it's not going to be easy. Fullerton, again, the last couple of years has done very well against Hawaii, and it's a road game. They already beat us again without their leading score. One of my big concerns now is, and there's been a lot over the last month or so, but Bernardo De Silva and his free throw shooting. As uh, Stephen Sy pointed out oh, yeah. in today's paper, 10 of 25 in the last two games. That's 40%. And we saw what happened with Cal Poly. They got closer in the last two minutes Saturday night by fouling Bernardo De Silva. And teams are going to see that. They're going to do it and you would think for Hawaii to get to where they want to be in conference standings you're going to have you're going to have some close games and in close games free throw shooting could be key and I think yeah. that could really come back to hurt them especially without a backup center a true center in more sec you can't really afford to take them out of the game down the stretch if it's that close but they've got decisions to make and he's got to work and improve on his free throws big time well, and it's not that he's not trying. I mean, we've literally seen him after games go out on the on the floor and practice his free throw shooting. He's he's trying, and I'm sure every single day that's a concern. It's it's nothing new for, you know, uh, behind the rope, so to speak, for the Rainbow Wahine basketball team. I'm sure they're working on it, but I feel bad. I'm going to feel really horrible for him if it comes down to a meaningful game and it's close, and they hack a Bernardo, and uh, he, you know, he basically loses the game because he can't make a free throw. What you'll try to do, and what they started doing at the end of Saturday after he got fouled a lot, is don't give him the ball. If you don't give him the ball, they're not going to foul him. Because if they foul him without the ball, it's an intentional foul. Two shots and possession. So just don't give him the ball. And that's what they did when he was in the game in the last 30, 40 seconds. That, right. you know, so, so, so with so with the time running out in an important game, uh, we're, on offense, we're going to play with four players, guys. Come on. You, you, that's not the, I don't think that's a strategy you go with. I know. I mean, maybe down the stretch you've you got to put in somebody like Akira Jacobs or somebody with a little height maybe. I don't know. Akira can use some help on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but, you know, I mean, at least if he gets fouled, that, that's a tough one, man. That's a tough one for Coach Gannott. So when you're criticizing everything, you know, keep that in mind, that due to injuries, we're in a, we're, we're in a real tight spot. I don't remember Bernardo being such a liability with free throw shooting in the past. Now is senior year, the year it's supposed to all come together, he can't shoot a free throw. And I get it. Maybe he's just cause got – Maybe it's – I'm sure it's a mental thing. I mean, you practice all that much and and you still can't hit a free throw? It's mental. Don't they have those psychologists over there or something? I don't think they have them now, but that's a great point because, I mean, you watch his form. It's not a bad form where you know he doesn't have a chance or he's going to miss. He's got good form. He's got a good follow-through. And when he makes them, they look beautiful. Uh, but I, And I'm going to look up when we have Rainbow Warrior countdown today at 4 p.m. I'm going to find out Bernardo's free throw percentage the previous three or four years. That's a good point. I, I don't remember it being this bad. Again, 40% over the last two games. He's probably around 57 or so for the season, give take a few points so not where you need to be and it, look what happened on saturday yeah i mean i know a guy who's a golfer that gets the yips once in a while if you're playing for in tournament play or if you're playing for money or something like that 
It's like the guy's got like a 17 handicap. And, you know, when it comes to, you know, he'll make a six-foot putt consistently. When it comes to playing for money or something up on the line, he'll miss a one-foot putt. Literally miss one-foot putts. Because it's all mental. Got the, you get the yips. I think that's what's going on here uh, with Bernardo. I mean, maybe you just take it from the approach of, hey, it's just a game. <laughs> I said I wouldn't let him on the plane the other day unless he hits until he hits 100 free throws. Hopefully that wouldn't take too long. He just got to practice more. That's one thing that, as people would say, easily correctable, fixable. Uh, See, not, not so. Not so easily fixable. If you're, the- if you're dealing with the mind, Gary, if it was easily fixable, they would have fixed it already. Well, it is fixable, I think, by repetition. And whatever else it would take, but you got to be, you got to shoot. When I know they always shoot free throws at the end of practice, and I think even Josh told me he was at the shoot around on Saturday where they didn't miss a free throw, like at the end. Right. Everybody was sitting, so maybe again with a little bit of pressure, the crowd, the lights, but it's mental again, mental, mental, mental. It's you know you always hey you're a great putter on the practice green, uh, go out and do it. It's just a mental thing he's got to get over. And, uh, hey, we're rooting for you, Bernardo. You can do it, baby. All right, let's get a win, a couple of wins on the road. At this point, you need a couple of wins. You know, we, we, after a little while, you can't say, let's win our games at home and split on the road. You, you, you want to do more than just eke into a, uh, a conference tournament. And I think they can do it. So let's get behind them and think positive thoughts. Uh, the Rainbow Wahine, we can get into that coming up here in just a few minutes uh, on ESPN Honolulu. Tiff Wells is going to join us and get us ready for some volleyball. Uh, but anyway, so that's coming up. We've also got tickets to give away for Saturday night uh, for men's volleyball, excuse me, for women's basketball against UC Irvine. And then uh, we got a pair of tickets to see Rainbow Warrior Volleyball on Sunday. Keep listening, and you could be a bee wiener from espn honolulu time now for our hawaii usa federal credit union bulletin board brought to you by hawaii usa life matters if you're over 60 and retired making ends meet especially at the supermarkets tough they got a free website it's called benefitscheckup.org they could help once again benefitscheckup.org tiff wells in volleyball coming up next Back from Indianapolis, some other cities in the Midwest, where an interesting story about an airport there, but now getting ready for Rainbow Warrior Volleyball. Back at home for the 11-match homestand starting tomorrow night. Joining us on ESPN Honolulu, he is the voice of Rainbow Warrior Volleyball, Tiff Wells. Tiff, thanks for joining us. Tell us about that basketball court in an airport in Indianapolis. <laughs> Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Chris. Yeah, they, uh, because the... City of Indianapolis is going to host be hosting the uh, All Star Game in a couple of weeks. Uh, I guess the city and commission or whatever have you, they decided to have a replica court of what you're going to see at the Fieldhouse for the All Star Weekend. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. You, know, you kind of walk off, walk off the plane, go through the airport, and right before you go downstairs to get your bag and your rental car, you can. Uh, you can take selfies on on the basketball court. They kind of have uh, you know stanchions around the hoops, so they kind of advise people to not you know try to touch the backboard or you know show off their vertical and try to dunk. 
which wouldn't be a problem for me because, uh, you know, you have that credit card uh, vertical. Me too. Uh, you wouldn't be able to jump very well. So, yeah, no, it, uh, different concept, but, uh, but, but as you guys like to say, pretty, pretty good idea uh, from the city of Indianapolis. Original, that is kind of cool. Well, the matches, Hawaii does do pretty well, sweeping per- Purdue-Fort Wayne 2 and then one against Ball State, who was nationally ranked. Let's just talk about the Ball State match. What impressed you the most in that four-game winner? I think the ability for Hawaii to close out the road trip starting that match uh, very well serving. Uh, six aces, one service error, and sometimes, you know, the numbers offensively will fool you. Hawaii didn't hit above 400. Ball State hit, Ball State hit over 500, and yet Hawaii was able to win that opening set. Yeah, they had to, you know, hold off the late run from the Cardinals, but I think the ability for Hawaii to start off strong serving, make a statement, to get off to that 1-0 lead, yes, you, you falter in the second set by a couple of points, but then able to, more often than not, in doubt, find find Spiros Hakas, find Alakai Todd. And, and even though Hawaii defensively outblocked and outdug, they found a way to win the match. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing, is to just find ways to win matches and to be on the road to do that, help the RPI, help the strength of schedule, and went away from home. That was the most important thing. Tiff Wells joining us on ESPN Honolulu, talking Rainbow Warrior Volleyball Friday and Sunday, the home matches this week against Tusculum. We'll get to them in a second. I mentioned this the other day in the show, how Alikai Todd seems to be a guy who, if he's not leading the team in kills, he's way up there every match. And I mentioned that to Charlie Wade after call the coach. Great job, by the way, Tiff, uh, on Tuesday night. And he acknowledged how good he is playing, but he also downplayed it a little, saying even though he's doing really well, it's, it's not really fair to anoint him as the next guy who's going to be that type of player. Your thoughts on Alakai Todd and what he's done at least recently? For what he's done recently, he did very well. And, and yes, he came in off the bench um, that opening night at Purdue Fort Wayne just with the struggles of, of Luis Hakanoko. And I think for Hawaii to get a six-year senior who's been here, been there, done that, yes, it's a little unfair to maybe anoint him as that next guy because the two players before him both were All-Americans, and Ronald Potapunov was the National Player of the Year in his senior year. So I think to, to put him on that level might be a little bit unfair, but I think for what he's been able to do, just, you know, the defense has still been a little bit of work in progress, more so with the blocking than the digging. I think for him offensively, he's just been able to see what guys have done before him, and, and, and he's really developed an offensive game where it's not just, hard-driven ball, hard-driven ball. It might take a little bit of time to see that development from the tip or the roll shot as it hasn't, you know, it was a little bit quicker when you saw the likes of, you know, Rado and, and, and Dimitrios. But I think for, for Alakai, for him to have developed so far that offensive game to have different shots and not just one type of shot every single attack, I think for him it's just, continue to put the work in the gym. And we've heard it, we've heard it the last couple of years where there have been times in, in fall camp and in winter camp that Alakai Todd has been the best player in the gym. And that's pretty, that's saying a lot when yeah. you see guys that he's been in the gym with the last couple of years. So I just think for him, just to give him that experience, just to get him that, that, that confidence. Yes. He had that one struggle of a match against Emmanuel, but I think overall he has done pretty well in his really first year in the starting rotation. 
You know, the schedule, as we mentioned, has Tusculum's Friday and Sunday and a quick turnaround with Stanford playing here next week, Wednesday. And Charlie Way did indicate, I'm not sure if this was on the air or not, but talking to him after the show, that with that quick turnaround, that on Sunday, if it gets to a point, you might see more of the bench players to make sure guys are rested with those matches coming up in such a short time frame. Exactly, and I think he saw that as well before they had it. I guess they had the week off in between the Emanuel series and going on the road trip. So, I mean, you, you've seen... A little bit of a different lineup combination. You, you've seen Luis Sakonoko get, get into the starting rotation. You've seen Keone Thim as well. And then, you know, just because of, you know, how Charles Galloway, you know, he's not 100%. He, he's, he's still a little bit banged up. But I think for what Hawaii's been able to do and just give guys some run. And I, and I think because you've seen other teams that when they play their matches, whether they're against a nationally ranked team or in these type of matches where they're playing, you know, the lower end teams of a conference or those Division Two teams, um, I think Hawaii's been able to do a little bit better job than other teams and have those guys off the bench get some playing time and not right. just play the same seven game in and game out because you're not going to win a national championship in the month of January. You you could have some tough matches as well in, in the early part of your schedule. But I think for Hawaii, you, you may never know when you're going to need a front row, you know, an outside coming in off the bench in, in, a, in a big game March or April with, you know, like a Cole Otmar or we mentioned Lou Sakanoko. We all know what Keone Finn can do. So I think just to give them that experience early on before they get into those big matches come March and April and hopefully May, uh, it'll, it'll help them down the line. And I know Charlie Wade has said, I don't have the exact quote, but something along the lines of it isn't depth unless you use it. So they have that much talent, and maybe these guys will be needed later on. Uh, we did find out yesterday that Tusculum is located in Tennessee. Can you tell us a little bit about the opponent for this weekend? Yeah, they're the Pioneers. They're 1-6, in six, uh, located in Harrogate, Tennessee, or Greenville, Tennessee. They're about a three-hour drive east. Uh, of of Nashville, so I think for them it's it's their furthest trip in program history. They've been a program for the last six years, and and again for Hawaii, you're you're doing your part to help bring you know first, second, third year, and in case of Tusculum, their sixth year, giving them an opportunity to see what big volleyball is like. And and yes, you know we've we've heard you've heard, you've heard the rumblings of the schedule. It, it's soft, you know. It, they're not a name team, what have you, but also. It is what it is, and you have a situation where you have to put an 18-19 match schedule, and, you're in, and sometimes it's a little bit easier to bring in teams that might not be a name team, might not be a UCLA or BYU. So I think for Hawaii doing their part to bring in you know, a newly established team, newly established program, not only helps that team, it helps Hawaii to also play some of their other guys, their second, third string group, when they have a chance to do so. But it also helps the national scene because if Hawaii, UCLA, BYU, Penn State, Ohio State, they're, if they're not playing these type of matches, you might not have this many teams in the Division One, Division Two rank. And if that's the case, you might not have seen the growth of the NCAA tournament go from four to six to seven to eight. And that might not have, that might have, you know, hurt Hawaii a couple of years ago when they didn't win the conference tournament and they still received an at-large bid because they had the growth in the national tournament. So it's, it's, it's a two-way street, really, with playing these seven matches. But I think for the Pioneers, a little bit of a younger team, a couple of guys are banged up, but I think for them, it's, it's 
uh, it's going to be a business trip, but also one with pleasure because a lot of these guys haven't been to the state of Hawaii before. And for them to come and play in this facility, play in front of the best atmosphere in the country, I've said that time and time again, it's only going to help make them better and it's going to, it's going to help Hawaii develop their rotation and their roster moving forward as well. A lot of excellent points, especially about the tournament growing inside, maybe because of the growth of the game. So excellent points there, Tiff. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll look forward to hearing you tomorrow about 645 for pregame or pre-match festivities against Tusculum. And Sunday, it's a 5 p.m. first serve. We'll hear you about 445. Thanks again, Tiff. Anytime, guys. Have a good one. All right. Thank you, Tiffwell, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu, talking Rainbow Warrior Volleyball. They did move up to number three in the country this week. All right, that's good news. And, uh, hey, you know what? Let's give away a pair of tickets for Sunday's match against Tusculum. Call in at 808-296-1420. If you're caller number five, we got the volleyball tickets for you. And speaking of the UH sports, check out Call the Coach with Aran Ganat coming up Monday, 6.30 p.m. at Ruby Tuesday in the Moanalua Shopping Center. Uh, come on down, have some great food there, and uh, enjoy the show. All right, we'll get our winner and more on the Rainbow Wahine uh, and their game coming up on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. And he said, there's water in you just like the sea. It's moving and it Congratulations, Chuck, over the Punch Bowl area. Just got himself some Rainbow Warrior volleyball tickets. Thanks for listening, Chuck. We got Rainbow Wahine basketball tickets to give away, and I want to kind of get us ready for uh, that game coming up tonight at Simplify Arena at the Stan Sheriff Center. Uh, Commander Dick is calling in real quick. Hi, Dick. Hey, hey good morning, guys. Hey, uh, this is a kind of a complicated question, so I better direct it to Gary. It might be over to the other guys. <laughs> Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> Go ahead, Dick. No, seriously, uh, I'm looking at Washington with a second overall pick. Now, the reason I'm asking is I know we should get a quarterback because there's some really good ones there, but what do you think of Sam Howe? You guys mentioned something that I think is really important. If you don't have time, nobody's really any good at a quarterback. But what do you think of Sam Howe? From what I've seen, not a lot, not in the NFL. But, again, it's not all his fault. They don't have a lot around him, as you just kind of said. I know Chris brings that up a lot, but I haven't been that impressed. I mean, the numbers don't show a lot there, do they? No, and, and the reason they don't show because he never he's always running for his life. It's like he didn't have any time. But but when he's had time, by God, he's right on the button. I've, I've seen him have some great moments, not maybe whole games. But, okay, well, I, I just wanted to get your opinion on him because I think we got to get a quarterback, but I think he'll be a great backup. I think it's too. How is that a complicated question, by the way? <laughs> well, I just knew it was above. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, they got the number two pick as of right now, and I would think it has to be a quarterback, and we'll see yeah. if they do get one of those top guys. But, I mean, it's almost like you got to blow that whole thing up. Even though I know yeah. last year, right around September, you were kind of guaranteeing a playoff spot for them. No, but this year I am. We got eight out of the first 106 picks. And I don't know what I'm talking about. Thanks, Dick. Have a good day. My goodness. Look, Sam Howell, I don't want to, it's not that Sam Howell doesn't have anything around him. I think they've got a, a really good receiver. I can't even think of his name right now. 
Uh, Scary Terry. Yeah, Scary Terry McLaurin. I mean, he's got some around him. Sam Howell's an okay quarterback. Sam Howell is not going to be a guy that is going to lead you in a two-minute offense to beat the 49ers in the playoffs. He's just not. He never was, in my opinion. Uh, but he's, you know, he's an okay quarterback. They'll probably trade him. And uh, Dick is right. They do have um, five of the first um, uh, 100 picks in the draft. But they should definitely go if Caleb Williams is going to be gone. I mean, Drake Moore out of North Carolina. Drake isn't May. Sam Howell, Drake May. Isn't um, isn't uh, Sam Howell from North Carolina? Where is he from? I believe he's NC or NC State. I can't remember which one now. Well, he's from North Carolina. Okay. So anyway, I mean, <laughs> they could be North Carolina buddies if he's still on the team. But Drake May is a guy that can run and throw. I like Drake May a lot. I think Tanner does as well. But it would make sense, uh, you know, to get some offensive line help as well. That would help. And again, for him guaranteeing the playoffs today because of all those draft picks. I have yeah, a don't, don't come on and say I don't know anything about sports and then guarantee the playoffs. Stop it. You know, it's I'm a, uh, with, as far as the commanders, if you haven't heard this morning yet, they did get uh, they do have their new head coach in Dan Quinn. And Gary, you were mentioning that you know he had ties to the Seahawks, and it was you know why he didn't cut. Maybe he didn't get the Seahawks job because, well, he wasn't very good as a head coach, and maybe they kind of saw that. But then Washington didn't. Um, Washington had nobody left. Well, there's got there's more, there's, I'm sure there was somebody else left. I mean, it's I'm just yeah, it depends. I mean, not everybody looks at everything the same way. Maybe that's the way the Seahawks looked uh, looked at yeah. it. Is hey, you know what? We're going to hire this guy because. He was our D.C. a couple of years ago. But he's also been a pretty good D.C. over the years. I mean, look at Dallas's defense over the years. No, I know. I, I understand he has. But then again, look at the Baltimore Ravens defense. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rainbow Wahine in action uh, tonight. If you want to text in, uh, go ahead, 808-296-1420. You can call as well. But uh, let's see. we got uh, Rainbow Wahine taking on uh, Jeff Harada. If not, folks aren't familiar with Jeff Harada, he was an assistant coach for years at Hawaii Pacific University for the men's team. And then, uh, uh, you know, a proud graduate of uh, Hawaii Baptist Academy, HBA, the pride of HBA, Jeff Harada coming to town. Uh, seventh year already coaching at Cal State Fullerton. Yeah, he's done a good job. And I'm not sure when the last time or if he's even beaten Hawaii there, as Hawaii's won the last nine meetings. Uh, between the two teams, and I can't remember them losing to Fullerton. I always feel bad for Jeff. He's a good guy. We all know him, and I can't remember him ever walking out with a W against Hawaii. So I'm not well, hoping he that for tonight, but I feel I, bad yeah. for him. Uh, that's just the program. I mean, he's you know he's you said he's done a good job. I hope he he's 75 and 115. He's it's been tough. It's a tough place to it's a tough place probably to recruit. I guess. It might be, but other schools in the Big West. I mean, Davis and Hawaii have been the best no, no, teams. What's that? They've been the best teams in the Big West in women's basketball for the most part over the last seven, eight years. But you have, I just said, UC Davis and Hawaii. Uh-huh. Oh, so okay, they, okay. they're recruiting, and, and Irvine's been pretty good of late, and they're in the same area as Fullerton. Hmm. Well, I'm giving Jeff Harada the benefit of the doubt. Obviously, you're not. Oh, I'm just being honest. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, we say good luck uh, to Jeff Harada. So far, uh, they are 3-6 and six on the road. Um, Hawaii's 7-3 and three at home. That doesn't look good for Cal State Fullerton. Hawaii's, is, tell me if this is a good, uh, a good number. 
Hawaii's net rank, so that's kind of their strength of schedule deal, yeah. is 151. Well, that means they're 151st in the country? Out of cause the computer rankings based on so many variables out of like 360, let's say, give or take five or so teams. Uh, it's not enough to get you an at-large bid in the NCAA tournament. That's not going to happen for anybody outside the top 70 or 80, if not even lower. But it's not a bad ranking. And also consider the, some of the teams they play, which helps their ranking, but also hurts their win-loss record. I'm talking about Stanford, UCLA, and Washington, schools like that. Uh, so they, I, I would imagine it was probably a lot lower earlier. But And you're playing these Big West teams, to your point a few minutes ago, Chris. Winning a lot of these games at home isn't going to really improve it that much. When you beat a David, uh, Polly or an Irvine or a Santa Barbara, that might up your ranking number. But the other teams in the conference probably aren't going to help your ranking. Yeah, and Hawaii playing such a tough preseason schedule as well, I'm sure that help them, helps them out a lot. So when you're playing teams like, no offense, Cal State, Fullerton, and you know some of the other ones you mentioned, that's where, uh, yeah, that's um, that's uh, that's why Hawaii has a bigger number. Not that it really matters because I guess, you know, we can't brag on 151 because that's still not that strong. I would like to see what it compares with. Let's look at Fullerton as an example. They're ranking, There's a 244. Yeah, so that's a, almost 100 difference right there. And, again, they're one of the bottom teams in the conference, unfortunately, for them. Well, I'd like to see what some of the other Big West schools are. I imagine Santa Barbara and Irvine are probably pretty close to Hawaii or maybe in that area. Do we know if uh, Brooklyn Rewers is going to uh, play tonight? We had Laurie Santi on the other day and asked her, and she's not sure. No word on that. But the fact that she's missed the last four games, I believe, and I, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think was still in the walking boot or whatever she had around her leg, would maybe indicate, even not being in, in warm-ups, that she might not be available, but we're not exactly sure. Dave Kawada is joining us about a different topic. Maybe he might have an update soon. All right, he's coming up here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, hey, folks, get your tickets for Rainbow Wahine Basketball uh, tonight at the Stan Sheriff Center. They also play Saturday against UC Irvine. We'll give away a pair of those tickets uh, coming up in probably less than 30 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. Great chance uh, to see some of the uh, really, really fun-to-watch players, like, of course, Lily Wahine Kapu, uh, Imani Perez, uh, Melani McBee hitting the threes, Deja Phillips, you know, when I still think of, look at this team, and, and Jackie David and some of these guys, I still, Olivia Davies, who had a great game last week, I, the one word that comes to mind is grit. And that's a, that's a word, I, I guess that's kind of a, a um, it's kind of the fad in sports is the word grit. When you go to different high schools, you'll see that painted up on the, you know, in the locker rooms, grit. But that Hawaii team, Dave got grit. It's 744. Dave Kawada is the uh, president of Nakoa, uh, the Nakoa Football Club, and uh, he's also our play-by-play announcer for Rainbow Wahine Basketball. He is going to join us next year on ESPN Honolulu, um, and he's got some information on that National Letter of Intent dinner uh, that you might want to be interested in. But, uh, hey, check this out. UH Baseball is swinging into their new season soon. And uh, coming up on February 7th, it's Extra Innings with Rich Hill, live from Mr. Oji-san, Neo Bar, and Sushi. You can get the inside scoops on Rainbow Warrior Baseball. Enjoy Ono Food and Drinks, and uh, we'll see you there. We'll be right back.
And we've got a lot of great things going on that we want to tell you about. We've been mentioning this a few t- uh, times in the last week, but coming up next Wednesday in Waikiki and joining us now to tell us more about it, he is the president of Nakoa Anui Nui, also the play-by-play voice for Rainbow Wahine Basketball. <laughs> Dave Kawada joins us on ESPN Honolulu. Dave, thanks for joining us today. Dave, how's it going at hey. Nakoa Anui Nui? Nakoa Anui Nui, throw the Hawaiian words out there. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Thanks for joining us. And I know we usually talk to you about women's basketball. Maybe we'll get a question or two in coming up. But this dinner coming up next week, I don't remember this going on in the past, but tell our listeners a little bit more about the NLI dinner coming up in Waikiki on Wednesday, February 7th. Yeah, not to be confused with confused with NIL, right. which I get confused all the time, but it's National Letter of Intent Day. So actually, this was an event that has been an annual thing with the football program and then the Koa Football Club. February 7th is the first date of the regular signing period. So that has always been kind of the date where this event has occurred. But as you know, we have the early signing period, so a lot of activity already occurred. But this event is to celebrate the new recruits, um, it's a great opportunity for NACOA members and fans alike to be able to get a first look at them. The coaches do a presentation of who the recruits are, show some highlights, some film. In fact, this year, this event next week, we'll actually have some of those recruits there. We'll have three of them, uh, Michael Alejado being one of them, Christian Perry and Christian Vaughn. Uh, they'll be joining us, as well as three other regular players from the regular roster from last year. So it's really a good first step into seeing what next year's uh, team will look like. Can you give us the where and how to get tickets and the time? Yep. So go to nakoa.org and click on the events tab. It'll have all the information about how you know to register and all that. It'll be next week, Friday at the Sheraton at 5 p.m. Sheraton uh, Kauai Ballroom. Um, tickets are still available. Tables still available. Another big thing, too, is that we're going to recognize some three great Nakoa Legacy members. Many of you have heard of Don Murphy, great big football and athletic supporter. Also, Bob Akinaka, one of the original Nakoa members from 1987, and Mike Lam, another longstanding member and our unofficial historian of UH football. Okay, you said Friday for a second. I mean, Wednesday, next Wednesday, February 7th, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, next week, Wednesday, February 7th. Yes. You're confusing Friday as the NIL dinner. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Dave, uh, Dave show up at the Sheraton on uh, Friday. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Dave Kawada joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. And are there still tickets available? If they do, they need to get them in advance. Can they take walk-ups on that night? Um, best to get them in advance. Uh, to go to nakoa.org and click on that tab. That's the best way to do it. Okay, should be a lot of fun. And I, I guess they've done in the past. It just seems like it's being mentioned a lot more these days. We're hearing a lot more about it and how the incoming players. I think it's going to be great, and I know the fans are going to look forward to this. Should be a fun night next week in Waikiki. Uh, while we have you on, want to get your takes. I know you're so busy, and tonight you've got a basketball game against Cal State Fullerton, which leads to Irvine this Saturday. These games get more intense as far as the, the importance of these games, especially with the three-way tie for first. Oh, yeah, like, you know, Technically, you're a little past away the midpoint of the Big West season, but you know every season it seems like, especially for the last four, it's been a significant jockeying of seeding, especially for the top four teams. You want those buys into the first and the second round, those kind of things, and then you know, and there's been this muddle of like teams 
three, four, five, and six, right? So it's really tight for that top, top four. So it really gets exciting and already kind of seeing it where three teams are tied for the lead in the conference. And that kind of carries into how big the Saturday game against UC Irvine because Hawaii and Irvine are two of the three teams top for the lead in the conference. Hey, I'm not sure if you know the answer to this, but we were talking earlier about Cal Poly having to forfeit their game. They don't have enough healthy players against Irvine. Do you know what the rule is as far as how many players have to be in uniform or scholarship players to actually have a team play a game? No, I I, I do not. Uh, I know the exact exact number, but yeah, the illness. And that really kind of bums out if you're a Hawaii fan, right? Because you yeah. gave the victory. Irvine right off the bat I mean you know and especially when we're getting tight on every win being a significant factor well hopefully they'll take care of business tonight and Saturday against that Irvine team a battle for first place this weekend Dave thanks so much for joining us we'll look forward to Wahine basketball hearing you and Callan Spiller tonight and Saturday and of course the big dinner next Wednesday in Waikiki Nakoa.org is where you can get all your information for Wednesday February 7th thanks Dave cool thank you all right, Dave Kawada joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, as Dave was saying, they've had these in the past. I remember one of those at Murphy's. Uh, it was like a block party out in the street on Merchant Street. This is years ago when Nick Rolovich, I believe, was the offensive coordinator. And they were showing videos. And I remember one of the things he said, we got this quarterback transferring in. He's fifth on the depth chart now, but he could end up being a starter sometime soon. And his name was and still is Bryant Moniz. That right, obviously cool. came true. All right, very good. Okay, so uh, once again, Nakoa, Nakoa.org. Uh, click on the events button for your tickets and support this great event coming up Wednesday uh, at the Sheraton Waikiki Beach Resort. Uh, coming up on ESPN Honolulu, in a little while we'll have our top stories. Um, we were, I heard um, Dave mention Micah Alihado, and we got, a, we got an email from uh, UH. It's not pronounced Alejado, it's Ali Hado, just so folks know. Uh, but our um, episode of the student section with Micah Alejado and Christian Perry, along with Aliyah Bantolina and Tehani Doktar from Campbell High School Basketball, that is up on our YouTube channel at ESPN Honolulu, the ESPN Honolulu YouTube channel. So uh, check that out if you want to see the show and uh, see some uh, great personalities and uh, great young people. By the way, we have another student section program coming up on Tuesday. That's the 6th, right? Next week already. Why not yeah, next yeah. week already. Quick turnaround this month. And that is going to feature Keone Thim and Louis Sakanoko. Oh, wow. So uh, they are going to be, uh, and uh, we'll talk to them, see if they've got some kind of rivalry going on with, <laughs> you know, who can knock the the spit out of the ball more <laughs> but uh yeah louis who's just how long has he been in hawaii two Since months mid-december but not even two months i don't think right so uh he's from france but uh and then keone thim local boy so that'll be great And we're working on some uh high school basketball players uh to join us as well uh down at auto source and uh, that's brought to you by auto source's new student leasing program all right we got a couple of minutes here and uh, this is the, you know, we got the, uh, this is really important sports news. We've got the top stories coming up. But right behind those, these are guys that didn't make the cut. Since the Super Bowl is uh, coming up, this is the anniversary of Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction <laughs> in sports news today. Uh, by the way, CBS uh, um, did pay the biggest FCC fine ever, 
half a million dollars for that slip up. Pocket so change these days. Yeah. So anyway, uh, maybe that'll happen. Maybe that's why they sold so many Janet Jackson tickets here in Hawaii. The concert. <laughs> not sure. The Baltimore Orioles have uh, reportedly been sold, and uh, I guess they still the MLB still has to approve the sale of the team. One point seven two five billion dollars. That doesn't sound like a lot for a sports franchise, does it? Actually, nowadays, I think it actually kind of is the going rate because we started seeing a billion in a few years ago. But well, now they're going. Look at all the basketball teams. Yeah. They start at two and a half billion dollars. Yeah, I think Minnesota was two billion, if I'm not mistaken. Minnesota Timberwolves. But I think a lot of Orioles fans, people in that area, are ecstatic because from what I have heard over the years from Kornheiser and Wilbon, among others, they despise Peter Angelos as an owner. He has hurt that team and that franchise for decades, and I'm sure they're celebrating in the streets there about this. Wow. So this other family who you mentioned, have uh, they've owned the team since 1993. One of the uh, investors is, uh, what's Calvin Hill's son's name? Grant. Grant Hill. <laughs> I can't yeah. think of Calvin Hill. I can't think of Grant Hill, but I'll think of Calvin Hill <laughs> from 1975. So Grant Hill and also, um, of course, famous shortstop for... Yeah. No, famous Cal shortstop Ripken, for the Orioles. Yeah, Ripken. Cal Ripken. Yeah. Cal Ripken are uh, on this ownership team. I'm surprised uh, Magic Johnson isn't buying this team. Yeah, really? Okay, so <laughs> out, of, out of the $1.7 billion, I wonder how much those guys are contributing. I know they have money. Probably but, a couple million, I guess. That's what I would think, something like that. So the minority owner. Nothing wrong probably. with that. Oh, no, nothing no, wrong it's with cool. That. It's cool. You get Cal Ripken, Ripken to be the face of your team. Exactly. You have exactly. Magic Johnson coming out and speaking on behalf of the Dodgers. Right, exactly. That's kind of what you're looking for. I mean, this is Baltimore. It's, it's a great move. This is Baltimore's. I, I mean, this is the Orioles' goat. He, he, him to the Orioles is Tom Brady to the New England Patriots. Oh, definitely, definitely. And they've been on the upswing you know in recent years. Him to baseball is like Tom Brady to football, almost. I would. Oh think. yeah, good point. Definitely. Uh, just as well as far as a uh, just such a well-loved guy. And finally, in really important news, Mattel is releasing a Super Bowl Barbie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know how to respond to that. I just, I, wow. I, I'm surprised that Super yeah. Bowl Barbie was not in the movie. But, yeah, they're su- uh, releasing a Super Bowl champion Barbie. They should have a Taylor Swift Barbie is what they should have. Uh, but anyway, uh, it, it, you can order it. It will be dressed in the winning team's colors, complete with a hat, and a foam finger. You can pre-order now, and if your team loses, you get a refund. Really? And uh, they're going to ship out the uh, dolls in August. <laughs> that's a long wait. Wow. In today's world, that's a long wait. But, hey, you know what? There's a lot of people that are um, collectors. Imagine ordering the Super Bowl Barbie, and you get the first edition of the Super Bowl Barbie in 30 years or whatever. Think how much that's going to be worth. We still have time? No, we don't. Oh, we'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Okay. A couple of minutes after 8 o'clock. It's going to be partly cloudy today. We've got some isolated showers uh, tonight through tomorrow morning, basically, but... uh, Little bit of little bit of rain activity, not you know, torrential downpours or anything. High today about eighty, low in the upper sixties. The winds are light, making it feel a little uh little uh, muggier than uh, it usually would be. All right. 
Uh, top stories we're following, of course, game day for the Rainbow Warrior and Wahine basketball teams. You can catch that on our family of radio stations. First day of February, these games get more and more important for the ladies. A three-way tie for first, so important games tonight and Saturday with Irvine tied for first as well. And for the men, they got to get a win on the road. And it starts with Fullerton. This is a really tough stretch of four games against the three best teams in the conference and Fullerton, which makes tonight's game kind of a must-win. All right, and we've got uh, tickets for you to win to the Rainbow Wahine's game on Saturday against UC Irvine. Keep listening for that. That's coming up soon, a little later on in the hour. Derek Lowe uh, will give us his thoughts on the Rainbow Warriors on the road. Um, In high school sports, congratulations to the Lady Tigers of McKinley winning the OIA D2 crown and Kahuku in a defensive battle. What a great game last night. Uh, I caught it on the uh, OC 16. And, uh, boy, what a great game. Kahuku over uh, our ladies at Campbell, 33-31. to 31. I think that was the score of, like, a couple of minutes left, yet neither team could score. That was fun to watch. But, uh, hey, both teams, like you said earlier, back in the state championship. It's going to be a good one as the D1, um, as the uh, Heidi and Cook D1 division. Uh, what am I trying to say? State basketball championship tournament. The Heidi and Cook Hawaii uh, High School Athletic Association Division One brackets are out. Okay. D2 will be out later on in the week. So your uh, seeds are number one, Iolani Kahuku, uh, excuse me, Konawina's number two, Kahuku number three, Lahaina Luna number four. All the action kicks off on Monday. And uh, in um, the HHSAA, the Motivate Foundation, HHA Division two bracket got underway yesterday in uh girls soccer so the winners were lelehua hawaii prep waimea and kapa'a no just going back to basketball for a second what i love about these tournaments whether it's oia ilh and then the state tournament is that when you have close games like this where it's kind of winner go home where you're battling for seeding these games are great and even though last night's game, as you mentioned, low-scoring defensive battle, still the fact that it was that close makes it so incredible to watch as a fan. Well, yeah. Hey, Campbell was giving Kahuku hot rubs. I mean, Kahuku's not used to facing uh, uh, somebody with, uh, uh, you know, that type of play. Shout out to my girls, Aliyah Bantalina, Tehani Doctor. I see you. Going back to soccer. Uh, we've got some games underway in the Motivate Foundation HHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHHH
again, he's not the head coach, but he did a pretty good job. That was one of the better defenses in the regular season uh, in the NFL, not only this year, the last couple of years. And Well, you know, they've drafted really well. They've, of course, they've got, and they've got great talent. I mean, you know, they, we know some of their players are that good, but still, it, can you just put anybody in that spot and still have the same type of success on defense? I don't think so. Uh, but, you know, I mean, they've, I don't know, Matt Patricia's looking for a job. Maybe they hire Matt Patricia. Where Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, Jerry Jones said the other day, Bill Belichick would have been a great fit there, which was kind of weird to say. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. He said, can you work? He said, sure, I could work with Bill Belichick. You know, in the future, like, you know, for whatever reason, if Mike McCarthy's not there, he's there asking him, hey, you know, you were sure I'd work well with him. It's a weird comment to make when you have another head coach that you just exactly, exactly. So I guess we're all done filling uh, uh, all the NFL, all the all the jobs are set and head coaching for now the with, NFL with Washington and Seattle the last two days. Yes, I believe they are, unless somebody else gets fired, which I doubt. You know, Washington. I don't know what kind of organization that's going to be. It's new ownership, uh, but they've got a good situation with five picks in the top one hundred in the draft. They also have the number two pick overall. Something Ron Rivera never really had. And they got a lot of cap space. Is that a desirable destination for free agents? Not sure about that. And five picks should improve their team. They got to make the right picks. And I don't think they're that far off. But when the, a few years ago they get Chase Young, I believe, as number two, and you know he was injured for the first couple of years too often. But look what he's doing for the Niners for the most part. A great fit there, and they just get yeah. Rid that was of a him. bad. That was stupid. That was dumb. That's what I mean. So you got if you're going to get these picks, try to keep them. You get some of these really good different players. organization though. Different true. organization. Yeah. So this is. This is a clean slate. Uh, they do have some talent on that team already. Now, when you say, is it a destination for free agents? I mean, Buffalo's never been a destination for free agents. Well, Stephon, they drafted well. Well, Stefan Diggs, was he traded or a free agent there? I can't remember. What uh, I don't remember. But I'm, what I'm talking about in general, people don't go to Buffalo. Buffalo built their team mainly through the draft. There's a lot of teams like that. If you start winning, hey, you know what? You're a destination. Washington, D.C., if you got a lot of money, that's not a bad place to live or surrounding areas in Virginia or wherever. But anyway, so they uh, Ron uh, Dan Quinn now, the new head coach, he's 53 years old, which kind of makes him kind of an old guy nowadays when you look at all the new hires. In the last two years, look at all the new hires as head coaches in the NFL. It's like they're all in their 30s. And they're all co- mostly coordinators, so they're still working their way up. You still had Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll in their 70s. Though they are no longer coaching. But they're not coaching. It's, that, it's the young guys. And one of the things about this coaching merry-go-round, so to speak, in the offseason is that with all these spots filled, I mean, we know about Belichick. We've talked about him, maybe not for everybody, but for Pete Carroll, who said publicly he wants to still be a coach and not really getting any interviews that we're aware of. I'm not sure if he did interview with anywhere for these openings, and he is left hanging. A little bit surprising, and I'm well, sure nobody will admit it, but the age factor probably does come into play. Yeah, maybe. I, uh, Bill Belichick, he didn't come out and publicly say, I want to coach, but he went to two interviews, which means – he wants to coach, but there, there is a um, there, there's an article about this, and I'm going to go off go off script, so to speak, here for a second, um, because I'm going to go back to the uh, the coaches. Is that um, 
Bill Belichick now without a job. Nick Saban, his good buddy, who's just retired from coaching. It uh, there's an article, and I don't know what trade magazine this was in, but it's regarding, you know, like the the Manning cast, and they're talking about the Kelsey brothers having their own um, alternative broadcast. Now somebody is suggesting a writer that Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. <laughs> Uh, they're going to put together a broadcast as well. Peter King, the longtime NFL writer, also agrees this would be a great statement. Oh, it's Rich Eisen's idea from the NFL Network. Okay. You can also hear the Rich Eisen show in the midday on CBS 1500. But he says, find a network to stream it on, maybe a CBS, Fox, or NBC streaming service. And, uh, you know, or, or maybe as another stream for the Thursday night Amazon Prime game. So that's who's suggesting it. But can you imagine Bill Belichick and Nick Saban uh, doing a show like that? I think it would be great. I mean, you just had them fishing on a lake or doing whatever they do. Remember, there was a 30 for 30 on their careers. and how well, they, can't really, they can't really comment on the game if they're fishing I'm on a lake. I'm joking, Chris. Oh, okay. Sometimes you got to really you – know. anyway, they did a 30 for 30 with those two guys and their friendship and interactions and being together, and uh, it was great. And that was just talking story and talking about their careers and friendship. I think they'd be magic if they were together on a football broadcast. Could they handle a broadcast by themselves? You see, Eli Manning and Peyton Manning, they can they can kind of uh, they can kind of drive that bus, right? Who's the guy that's going to? You got to have somebody kind of driving the bus here, right. and somebody as the uh, you know the not the sidekick, but somebody else who you know chimes in after that. Either guy are so new to broadcasting. Peyton Manning does it, you know, naturally. The Kelsey brothers, it's Jason Kelsey who drives that bus, if you've ever seen their um, podcast. Who would be that guy? I think having a third person there would kind of ruin it, and it's too much. Rich Eisen type would be perfect. But I think it would be too much. Too many voices. But if he's just kind of setting them up and being the straight guy, so to speak, as far as, you know... Yeah, I, again, I think that's too much. I, I think that these guys have got. I think you got to have, you got to use the formula that works. Anyway, uh, Dan Levitard chimed in about this, and he was saying that because we've talked about it, Tony Romo's getting a lot of criticism. If you and it, part of it, I think, with Tony Romo is that it doesn't sound like he's doing his homework like other broadcasters. Greg Olson. I mean, that's that's the best guy in play-by-play, they say. Well, not play-by-play, but as an analyst. I still prefer Chris Collinsworth myself. Uh, you know, I, I think he does it. You know, listen to Chris Collinsworth, and he spends hours and hours and hours preparing for a game. Greg Olson knows the game. He prepares for it, and it's evident in the broadcast. Tony Romo, a lot of times, if if uh, Jim Nance needs some help, he's got to throw it down to the field. He, it's like he almost can't rely on Tony Romo anymore. Tony Romo used to be able to predict plays. Right, right. He's not able to do that. Bill Belichick will be able to predict what's going on, and that's what would make this broadcast really special. You know, I'm, I'm sure if you were listening yesterday, but I did mention something really weird about the Tom Brady, Greg Olson situation. Is Brady supposed to be the number one analyst for Fox next year? I saw that. Greg yeah. Olson moving down to number two would make his salary go from ten million a year to three million a year because he's on was the that a New two York team. Post thing? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so what they're talking about since we're talking about broadcasting is, and uh, did you mention that the the way that Brady should be used? 
Did I did I mention the way he should be used? Right from no. the article. No. Okay, so the article goes on to say that um, a better way to use Tom Brady is don't don't get rid of Greg Olson because he's you he, he got a great pair with him and whoever the other guy is, the generic guy. So so don't don't mess with what's successful. People love that. So take Tom Brady in today's world. You have a, uh, a referee that's on hand. You have maybe a doctor for injuries and that kind of stuff. Use Tom Brady. Put him in a studio, in a central studio somewhere, and he can chime in on all the different games you're playing, wherever you are. So when you see Bryce Young, for example, throw an interception, Hey, let's go back to the uh, Tom Brady studio and see what Tom. Tom, what was Bryce Young seeing in that? And then he comes in. So Tom Brady now is a part of all of your broadcast, and you keep your number one team together instead of you know breaking up the number one team, putting Tom Brady in there, and hoping that he does good. That's that's I thought that that's kind of the way to do it. Quarter after eight now with the sports animals on ESPN. Oh no, Lulu. Uh, I want to get more into the uh, coaches, uh, the co- the new coaches in the NFL. That's coming up. Also, uh, oh, you know what? Let's uh, give away a pair of basketball tickets to see the Rainbow Wahine against UC Irvine coming up Saturday. Call in at 808-296-1420 and be caller number three. The tickets are yours. We'll get our winner and more coming up here on ESPN Honolulu. A little while ago, we had Dave Kawada on the line, and he was talking about the Nakoa, uh, the Nakoa Football Booster Club and their big event coming up. So, if you want to meet some of the new recruits and new coaches, some current Hawaii football players, check it out. It's the National Letter of Intent dinner coming up Wednesday at the Sheraton Waikiki Beach Resort. Individual tickets and tables are still available. All the info at nakoa.org. We'll be right back. Congratulations. We got a winner, and I forgot who it was already. Hey, it's uh, Randall. Randall, congratulations to you. Randall from uh, somewhere in beautiful <laughs> Honolulu. He uh, did uh, score some tickets to Rainbow Wahine Basketball against UC Irvine. And uh, that's a big game coming up Sunday. Well, you know, a big game tonight for uh, coming up for um, Cal State Fullerton. Uh, Jeff Harada, local boy product of hawaii baptist academy is their coach he's coming uh to the stand tonight but sunday saturday saturday, saturday. Me, saturday is a uh, uc irvine and uh pretty good team in irvine well they're tied for first place with hawaii right. and they get a win tonight via forfeit cal poly doesn't have enough healthy players so if hawaii wins tonight it's two teams tied for first we'll see if santa barbara can do the same with their play uh, with their game tonight maybe they'll be rusty or worse, well rested. <laughs> well, that narrows it down. <laughs> uh, 
that looks to be a really intense game. And, uh, again, two really, really good basketball teams. And uh, Hawaii beat them at Irvine up, you know, at Irvine uh, earlier this season in January. Be great to get that sweep for also tiebreaker possibilities at the end as well. Uh, Derek Lowe's going to join us coming up in about 10 minutes here as uh, we'll get ready for the Rainbow Warrior game. And uh, that's at, what, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock? 5 o'clock tip-off Rainbow Warrior countdown with Derek Lowe and myself at 4 p.m. today. Oh, okay. All right, we'll get ready for that. Now, we were talking about the, uh, the well, now that all the jobs have been filled in the NFL, uh, the head coaching jobs, they still got a lot of um, coordinator jobs available, but the Washington Commanders have their new coach in Dan Quinn. That was announced this morning. The Seattle Seahawks have their coach in former D.C. from Baltimore, Mike McDonald. The Atlanta Falcons hired Raheem Morris. I'm not crazy about that hire. Supposedly a great coordinator with the Rams last few years. He's been a, a head coach in Tampa, was it, uh, a while Yeah, back. but he wasn't very successful, was no, he? No, but since then, I guess he's viewed as one of the more successful or, or better coordinators, the coordinators, and I was a little surprised at that as well, but they, he was heavily recommended or highly recommended by Sean McVay and others, so... He, um, you know, Aaron Glenn was the talk, and he didn't, I don't know if he got some interviews or not, the defensive coordinator for the uh, uh, Detroit Lions, but uh, he, I thought he was going to definitely end up somewhere, the way they were talking about his name, oh, about a month ago. Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, was highly sought, and he decided to say, stay. So that's good news for Dan Campbell. You, you know, you have a great oh. season like this. And you retain your coordinators because mm. a lot of times that doesn't happen. They like, remained behind to continue to bite the kneecaps. Like Philadelphia they, last year, they lost both their coordinators after the Super Bowl run. and didn't work out too well this year. Mm -hmm. The uh, Carolina Panthers, uh, basically, what are they out of the four coaches in the last three years? Uh, they hired Dave Canales. He's the offensive coordinator uh, for Tampa Bay. So, I mean, I've never heard of this guy before. He's done some great work in the past with Russell Wilson, Geno Smith, and Baker Mayfield most recently for the Panthers. So, obviously, that was the choice of the Panthers uh, to help out with Bryce Young is to let's get a coach who can focus on this investment we've made with the number one pick overall. Question is, and this is, to me, this is the crappiest job out there. I mean, look, there's only 32 of these openings. I get it. But... I mean, here's a co here's an owner that if he'll give you one year, that's all you got, one year to prove yourself, and he's proven that time and time and most recently time again. I might want to stay a coordinator uh, rather than go try and be a head coach and then lose your job after a year. From what we hear, uh, Tepper is taking a step back. He said he's going to be in the background more so and not be as on hand, uh, which is encouraging to anybody there in Carolina. But yeah. also for a guy like Dave Canales, whose name we have not really heard for any of these coaching vacancies, you might not get these opportunities uh, anytime soon. I understand. And if you get this team to show you know some improvement, then you're you know then you're successful there. You have nowhere to go but up. You can't make this team any worse than they've been. So that's what he's got going from this. Also an article about a book he wrote uh, a few months ago about uh, – I was an alcoholic, had several addictions that don't paint him uh, in the best light. That what? So they don't paint – some addictions 
you know, extramarital affairs, uh, some other addictions, and the, the Carolina was aware of it. I guess it wasn't a very well-known book. It was it came out two years ago, but I saw an article about that. That maybe that's one of the reasons we haven't heard more about his name being ready for uh, for some of these vacancies. But Carolina is taking a chance on him. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the Texas took a chance on Steve Sarkeesian. Looked like it worked out pretty well, didn't it? Good point. Great point. Yes, yes. All yes. right, the L.A. Chargers uh, finally fired Brandon Staley, and their new coach, uh, of course, new head coach Jim Harbaugh. How much is he pulling down? Sixteen million a year, number two in the rankings Ooh. for head coaches. Okay, let's see here. We got the Tennessee Titans. They fire Mike Vrabel. And hire Brian Callahan. Remember Callahan Auto Parts? It was <laughs> <laughs> Brian Callahan, uh, besides being a movie with David Spade, Tommy he was the Boy. offensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals. And, yeah, I mean, he did a great job, obviously, for Cincinnati. But, you know, to give Mike Rabel nothing to work with and then have those winning seasons, I guess, what were they, 6-10, 7-10 six, six and 10, seven and 10 last year, something like that? I think so. Yeah, they had a, they had a rough year, but like you said, I mean, the quarterback position hasn't been stabilized there. Tanny Hill's been going down. Will Levis is okay, but you didn't have a lot to work. Derrick Henry's still really good, but he didn't have any help. No, he didn't have any help. I mean, he went out and got uh, what was the receiver from the Cardinals? You know DeAndre Hopkins. About. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, and you know, you had some other players, and the they left for free agency. I don't know. The Titans' job just doesn't seem. I don't know. It's. I don't know. We'll see. Like you said, there's only you know a certain amount of jobs, head coaching jobs open, but poor Mike Vrabel. There was talk about him maybe going to the uh, uh, New England Patriots, right? Or Washington. Well, in fact, those two names were those two teams were mentioned. And now he's left hanging as well, and it's not because of his age. That's for sure. Uh, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, you know, they tried the Josh McDaniels experiment to try and turn the Raiders into the New England Patriots West. That was an experiment that went very badly for them. Uh, so they, I'm worried about this. So they hire Antonio Pierce. His son played football for the University of Hawaii, you'll right. remember. Yeah. But Antonio Pierce, uh, as their head coach, because the players wanted him. Yeah, he was the interim coach, and guys like Max Crosby and a few others uh, said that if he's not there, they're going to demand a trade. They're going to want to leave. And they, so, I mean, if, you, if you're playing hard for your coach, that says something. And he had some some success with the team as he was the interim coach down the stretch. So you got to give him something there. What did he go, 5-4? and four? He was just I think a it game was over that. 500? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we'll see. From where they uh, were, the, though, the, that was an improvement. The, and the New England Patriots hired their Gerard Mayo, uh, who a lot of the players wanted as well. And uh, he will replace uh, Bill Belichick. So those are the openings. I really like... The, um, you know, the, there's the New England Patriots, they have a quarterback situation. The Las Vegas Raiders, they have a quarterback situation. The Tennessee Titans, they've got a quarterback situation. The Carolina Panthers need to get better at quarterback uh, really quick. Atlanta Falcons, in my mind, Desmond Ritter's not the answer. They need a quarterback. The Seattle Seahawks probably need a quarterback. You see the running theme here? The Washington Commanders, they need a quarterback. I wouldn't go that far with Seattle and maybe even the Raiders. Though. I mean, Geno Smith's been more than adequate for Seattle. More than adequate two years ago. 
Last year, he did not. He was not the Geno Smith you saw the year before. Plus, he's about 34 years old. They're going to need a quarterback. There's a reason a lot of these teams have new head coaches. Is the is kind of the running theme here. If Sam's on the line, we can get him on now at 808-296-1420. Hi, Sam. Hey, guys. Good morning, animals. How are you guys doing? Hi. Good. Solid. Just want to little chime in a couple things. So, first off, um, big big Colts fan. You guys probably know. I'm super pumped on Sean Steichen hire last year. In uh, my opinion, probably the best hire and he's done in about 10 years coaching-wise. Um, great potential, man. Uh, and then I want to see this is a – it couldn't happen, but a far-fetched thing I saw online. So Belichick doesn't have a job. Uh, Brady is about to go into the booth. So I saw this, this scenario. So Brady left Michigan after playing three years. So literally he has a year of eligibility. So, uh-huh. so they so were saying, I saw, I saw this thing like, so J.J. McCarthy is going to leave, probably go to the Chargers, follow Harbaugh. So Belichick drops back down, takes a coaching job at Washington, I mean, at, at, at Michigan. Then Brady comes back. Takes his last year of eligibility to come to the quarterback. They win one more championship together, NCAA. Crazy. Can you imagine <laughs> the NIL for Tom Brady to play a year at oh, Michigan? Oh, my <laughs> Lord. They're like, we're getting $40 million. like, let's go. No. I'm not sure how Sharon Moore is going to feel about that. He is the new Michigan coach, but everybody else might like that. That'd be funny. I saw that. I, I, I got a good chuckle. But um, nah, this coming year, boys, mark my words, if Anthony Richardson can stay healthy with a couple big additions in my receiving core, a healthy Jonathan Taylor and Sean Steichen calling calling the plays the helm. It's going to be scary, my boys. Let's go. Yeah, you know the uh, where do they draft? Are they they have a first round draft choice? They uh, fifteenth. So they draft fifteenth. Um, right now they got they got Brock Bowers as a, if we were to pick fifteenth, nice. which would be incredible, an incredible pick. Oh, my he's my favorite. He's but, my uh, favorite. But I mean, what what I love about the Indy is they're they're really good in the draft, and they also they uh, usually they trade down. But this year in particular, you know, being fifteenth. Uh, not paying AR yet, and um, having a good cap. I mean, I've read Ballard potentially. I mean, I don't think it'll happen. But if Marvin Harrison were Jr. were to slide past five, which you probably won't, Indy potentially would just make a move and cop him, which would be insane. Imagine having Marvin Harrison having a Pittman, Pierce, Downs. You know, I mean, and then, and then draft AD. I mean, and then pick up AD Brown or pick up Mike Evans in free agency. Oh, With yeah, Mike Evans is a free agent. Let's go, boys. I mean, look at right, last man. year. I mean, Gardner Minshew, 9-8, and eight, a fourth down away from going to playoffs. You it's keep scary, Gardner boys. Minshew. I love Gardner Minshew. 100%. No, Gardner got to stay. I mean, we saw last year, Gardner, I mean, back quarterbacks are going to be in the prime. But, yeah, Gardner, I just, I'm excited, boys. In, it haven't had this much potential in Indianapolis since Andrew Luck. You know what I mean? Right. So, Very cool. Let's go. All right. Hey, have a good one. Thank you for calling in. Thanks, dude. You should have he should have a Colts podcast because that was a lot more uh, time than we usually spent on the Colts. <laughs> but I love the passion, right? Yeah, That's yeah. what sports is all about. But Sam, start a podcast, man. It's easy to do. I, I think people all over the country would like to hear uh, his Colt passion. That would be awesome. It's eight thirty-four here. Derek Lowe going to talk some Rainbow Warrior basketball. That's coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu. H-Camp is the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program, reminding parents, coaches, and athletes you can learn more about recognizing concussion symptoms. Visit hawaiiconcussion.com.
Hey, since we're talking Super Bowl, remember you can uh, check out the Super Bowl with your good friends at 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar in the Pearl City Shopping Center. You know about the video wall already, but, man, they got Ono Plate lunches, chopped steak, garlic shrimp. They've got great poo-poo hurricane or dynamite chicken, fried rice, burgers, pizzas made to order, good food and great football there. Uh, for all your sports watching, in fact, that's 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar at Leeward Bowl in the Pearl City Shopping Center. And we've been talking throughout the morning about the important basketball games coming up for University of Hawaii teams. We're going to focus on the men as they get ready for Cal State Fullerton at 5 o'clock today. Joining us now, you hear him for every home game with Bobby Curran doing the analyst work. And this weekend, he will be doing Rainbow Warrior Countdown with myself starting at 4 today. Derek Lowe joins us. Derek, thanks for joining us. Let's go back to last Saturday, first of all. After the tough loss with Santa Barbara on Thursday, where Hawaii did not play that well, even though Cal Poly is a last-place team, some people look at it as not a convincing win. I thought they did a lot of things better on Saturday, and I'm just thankful for the W. Your thoughts on Saturday night? 100%. You know, I mean, it, uh, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't pretty, and it rarely will be pretty, you know, but I think the most important thing is Hawaii got back in the win column. Uh, I think it was an important win as far as, you know, kind of like a, a confidence boost, getting back on track. You know, um, because like you said, you know, they are headed on the road um, for, for two tough, tough road games. And, um, you know, I, I think Ganat and staff, you know, as well as other basketball people, you know, they try to look at, um, you know, the, 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 the small victories, you know, like, um, you know, what did Hawaii do better than they did against Santa Barbara, right? Did they, did they take care of the ball? They did a much better job of taking care of the ball against Cal Poly. You know, they only had eight turnovers, which is... I mean, anytime you can go through a game with single-digit turnovers, it's a, it's a big accomplishment. Um, you know, I think they, they, they shared the ball pretty well. It was spread out, you know. Um, uh, I think they – well, they shot a lot of free throws. Uh, <laughs> I think still Bernardo, Bernardo da Silva can, can work on uh, hitting a, a couple more of those. But other than that, you know, I think for the most part, it was, it, it was just a good win, and they made steps in the right direction. Now they got to just continue it. I want to bring up a couple of points about some of the players. One of them you just mentioned, Bernardo the Silva, and his free throw shooting. And we saw the Hack-A-Shack versus Bernardo on Saturday. And it, it got Polly a little closer in that game. The, never, the game was really never in doubt down the stretch. But they made it interesting with all that fouling. You would think teams would probably try to follow suit in maybe a close game to try to get an advantage against Hawaii. How do you make him a better free throw shooter? Is it just repetition? Because we know how good of a free throw shooter you are and probably still are. How do you make him better? Oh, I mean, there is no secret to that. You know, I mean, the only way you get better at that is, one, you, you get, you know, a, a, a bunch of uh, free throws up before practice, get it up after practice. And then the only other thing is you just got to shoot it. I mean, right now, a lot of times when, when and I, I mean, I've seen it so much, and it, it does happen to myself every once in a while, but, you know, sometimes you, you mentally you're, you're, you're not in the right space you know, to make free throws. And sometimes, you know, you, you always hear your teammates say, hey, man, just don't think, just shoot it, right? So I think it's a culmination of getting up extra reps before and after practice, you know, whether it's 50 before and 50 after, you know, or um, and then also, you know, just trying to find the rhythm when you get to the line, clear your mind, and, 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 and just shoot it. You know, a lot of times players are just thinking about it too much. Oh, no, I don't want to miss it. Oh, no, 
you know, I'm, uh, I got to do this to my shot. Oh, I got to do this. And, you know, they end up thinking too much and it kind of, you know, hinders their shot. But really, reps and just try, try to uh, not even think about shooting the free throw when you're shooting it. <laughs> Derek Lowe joining us on ESPN Honolulu, talking Rainbow Warrior basketball. Now, we trust everything you say, but the one comment you made I don't exactly agree with, saying it's happened to you from time to time as far as struggling with free throws, that never happened. But I, I see your point, and I agree about Bernardo. You know, also listening to you in the post game on Thursday, uh, Saturday night, excuse me, after the poly, when you said something that I was saying to Josh, and Josh and I were talking about and even on the show this week, Juan Munoz, we know about his three-point shooting. That's his specialty. But he's done a few things in recent weeks that shows how a complete, how complete of a player he is. One of them is his underrated passing skills. I think he is the best passing guard on this team. No slight to Jovan or even Noel, but I mean the pinpoint passes that he's made, finding guys with no look passes and traffic, and his ability to make steals on defense. I believe he had six total steals in the two games last week. Those are two parts of his game that I think are a little surprising, refreshing, and just shows how good he is. Ah, absolutely right. You know, um, I, yeah, I said it. Uh, I think underrated is the perfect word for Juan Munoz's passing ability. And like you said, you know, Jovan and uh, Juan Munoz, two completely different type of players, uh, which is good, you know, because they kind of complement each other. And it's always good to have variety. You know, you don't have the same players. But, um, yeah, Juan Munoz has the ability to pass it quickly, which I've, you know, voiced um, several times, you know, which I look for in a point guard. You know, being able to come off ball screens, handoffs or exchanges, and being able to either pass it quickly, you know, or get rid of it quick, or drag the defender out before, you know, to create more distance from help defense, and then make that quick cross-court pass or pass down to the roller. So that's very important. And, you know, you, uh, I, I think a lot of people saw it, you know, a couple times where he would kind of jump in the air and make that quick soccer pass over the top, you right. know. And a couple of times he made it with no look, which I was like, well, I mean, no look. You know, I was on the radio. I was like, nice pass, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, so he does have that ability. You know, I definitely want to try and see that a little bit more because if he can open that part up of the game, I mean, then the then our rollers, uh, Hawaii's rollers are going to be much more of a threat, and now other teams have to guard that. Now what does that mean? It'll open up for the outside, right? Noel Coleman sitting in the... Uh, opposite wing or corner, you know, McCoy on the other end, you're right. So I think if, if we can hit that, then it'll open up the outside shot for sure. Let's talk about Fullerton tonight. We know Hawaii lost to them in overtime, the first game of Big West play. They've got Max Jones back. They're a leading scorer who did not play in that first game. And we know how Fullerton has kind of had Hawaii's numbers over the years. I want to get your thoughts on the importance of tonight's game, knowing that the next three games are against Irvine, San Diego, and Davis, the three other teams at the top of the Big West standings. You know, of all the games, um, uh, uh, the games that you just mentioned coming up, this is probably the... I don't know if I want to say the most winnable one for Hawaii. Why? Right. I don't think, I hope uh, Fullerton isn't really listening right now, and I hope I don't jinx it, but Fullerton isn't that good this year. And, I mean, the last couple of years, yes, they're actually pretty pretty darn good. But this year, they don't have, you know, like, like uh, you know, the point guard, oh, I forget his name, the point guard from last year who transferred to Alabama, or, yeah. Um, right so. But anyway, yeah, exactly. He was tough. Um, but they do have their six three point guard. Um, uh, they have uh, uh, TSA San Antonio, right? Uh, yeah. And then Max Jones. 
But TSA, you know, they're 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 more just a scrappy team. You know, their their uh, their identity is is just being tough. You know, and like kind of trying to provoke you, get under your skin, uh, try to make you get out of your game. That's what they're good at. Now, as far as like X's and O's, or you know, like trying to you know outskill or out out strategize Hawaii, I don't think they really have that. But you know, it has been Hawaii's kryptonite over the last several years, and it's their style of play, you know, that gets Hawaii. So you know, if Hawaii can lock in mentally and not not let their uh, Fullerton kind of get under their skin and and make them play how they want to play, then Hawaii has a better chance. But they are they are a tough team, you know. Let's hope for the best starting at 5 p.m. Tip-off, 4 p.m. Rainbow Warrior <laughs> Countdown on ESPN Honolulu. Derek, thanks for joining us today. I'll see you in a few hours as we start the pregame festivities. All right, guys. Take care. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Derek Lowe, analyst on radio for ESPN Honolulu for University of Hawaii Men's Basketball, joining us and talking about the team and the game, how important they are starting tonight with Fullerton. Yeah, we definitely don't want this to turn into a rock fight, I guess, is what he is saying <laughs> against Cal State Fullerton. It's 848 in this Aloha State. Time for our Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union Bulletin Board, brought to you by Hawaii USA Life Matters. Speaking of life, due to the uptick in hospital utilization, the blood bank of Hawaii urgently needs donors, especially uh, type O and A negative donors. So uh, you can register to donate today at bbh.org. We'll be right back to wrap it all up from here on ESPN Honolulu. Congratulations, I, I, I should have mentioned, uh, to Iolani Boys Soccer. They beat Punahou, uh for the ILH title. Congratulations, Raiders. Speaking of Derek Lowe being on just a few minutes ago. So congratulations to uh, Iolani. Uh, Random Man is on the line. Talking 49ers, no doubt. Speaking of Iolani. Speaking of Iolani, yeah. What's up, Randy? I just want to say thanks for giving, giving Iolani a plug. Because Punahou usually beats us many times in soccer. Oh, they do. But I wanted to, I wanted to say, Chris, um, uh, can you let the program director know to get the 49er announcers for the Super Bowl? I mean, uh, Kurt Warner was great, as well as Kevin Harlan on that Westwood one. But we don't have the touchdown, San Francisco. San you know, Francisco. So, uh, San Francisco. Uh, you know what we, what we do every year? Yes. I think what we're doing, and don't hold me to this, uh, right. I will ask the program director, but I think what we do is we have uh, we have both broadcasts on. So on Thanks. CBS 1500, home of the San Francisco 49ers, you'll hear right. uh, the 49er guys, and then you'll hear the national broadcast on our radio, on uh, ESPN Honolulu. So I think we got you covered because, both ways. Yeah, because uh, as a 49er fan, I turn off the TV and just listen to the radio, even though it doesn't match sometimes. But just to hear <laughs> Papa's voice, oh, it makes you feel great, especially when I was ready to walk out at halftime after the Detroit game. But uh, last thing I just want to say, if we had Derek Lowe on the UH basketball team, We'll not only have the crowds in the stand, Sheriff, but 
I think Derek could do a few things to, you know, generate that spark to give our bowl, basketball bowls a, a big lift. What do you say, Gary? If it's the 2004 Derek Lowe, yes. If it's the 2024 right. Derek Lowe, I don't know. No, I'd, I'd say well, put him in. Suit him up. You're trying everything else. <laughs> Come on. Like, it's free like throws. Yeah, like Chris says, we don't have to stay after practice to hit free throws. We should be ready by now. He should know the combinations. Is that what makes it frustrating for us local fans who, I told Gary, we love our basketball here. And it's just right. that it's kind of hard when we had the talent. And Randy, are you talking with your thumb over the little hole on your phone? <laughs> I can't hear you anymore. Yes, it's one of those flip phones, guys. So it's kind of hard because I'm in the Fred Flintstone ages, but I'm headed to UH football practice. Oh, okay. We get a glimpse. Yeah. I hey, give us a report. Give us a report tomorrow. Uh, tell us what you Sounds saw at good. football practice today. Take care and have a great year. Go Niners! All right. Thank you, Thanks, uh, thank you, Random Man. There, everybody. Uh, he's one of the big 49er fans here. Okay, only got a couple of minutes left in the show. Bob Papa, he's talking about as a broadcaster for, for the – it is Bob Papa, right? Is it I Bob thought it was Papa? Greg. I thought it was Greg. But this oh, is... I'm confusing. Bob Papa, he's a New York Giants play-by-play. I think you're right. Greg Papa is – and then there's also Papa Bear, <laughs> and uh, I'm a Papa as well. A proud Papa. But, you know, only to about six little kids. Anyway <laughs> – Bob Papa is also he's the Giants guy and a PGA guy. Oh, you know, kind of like Jim Nance. He does football and the kind. But uh, anyway, uh, that was good. All right. Well, uh, today before we leave, we should mention that uh, we should say happy birthday to Ronda Rousey, 30, 37 years old. Of course, uh, Rowdy Ronda Rousey is the only. Um. Winner of the championship in the UFC and WWE. She's the first lady fighter inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. So happy birthday, Ronda Rousey. Her husband's from Hawaii, by the way. Right. Still pretty young, but she's been out of the sport for a while, UFC. All right. And uh, happy birthday to you if you're celebrating today. We'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Honolulu.